Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. One more round. And good evening. We're live here at the One More Round Studios. Casey Just Claire here. A recording on a Thursday night. We just got a, a, a small studio tonight. Damien St. Pierre joining me, Mello, at the controls. We are getting ready to go into week two, I guess you could call it. Week two and a half, whatever you want to call it with that those that first weekend of college games. Um, the LSU Tigers are 1-0. We, I know we previewed the BYU game at length. There was so much made about what Matt Canada is going to bring to the LSU offense. What's it going to look like? How is it going to you know shake out? We made the comment, you know, hey, BYU's got some older guys on their team. How's it going to look, you know, against a young LSU roster? And at the end of the day, it was really one of the more lopsided um, sort of premier matchups in the world of college football. The Tigers outgained BYU 479 to 97, 26 first downs to 6. LSU limited BYU to negative 5 yards rushing in the game. Uh, 41 minutes and 54 seconds of time of possession. It was a lopsided affair. The BYU coach sort of said after the game, hey, look, we got our butts whooped. You know, we're trying to be like LSU. We're not there yet. Partner, I know you got a chance to watch a good piece of that LSU-BYU game. What were your thoughts as you was watching the Tigers, quite frankly, dismantle this Cougar program? Well, it, they look like a fun team to watch. Is That's pretty much what, what I grasped out of that. They lined up. Uh, first play of the game where they had seven people in motion, I believe. And then, you know, Canada was in, in love with the little wide receiver sweep, whatnot. Um, I only got to watch bits and pieces of the first half being we had a fishing trip playing, which I actually caught fish. So I, was, there you go. I, I wasn't too disappointed. But uh, just seeing the stats and, and seeing uh, Danny Etling, that's somebody I was really looking forward to seeing what he had. You know, he was efficient, something we talked about, him not having to make those big plays. But – uh, that first long ball that he threw, it was a little off. Uh, he's not the long ball type of quarterback, but he, he it was it was accurate. It wasn't where it could have been to for a score. Um, and just reading a little bit into what they did, you know, LSU just needs to be a little bit more efficient in the red zone. BYU having that extra game, they were they got they got some kinks out, and LSU was able to get some kinks out and look impressive at the same time. Being fun again offensively is a big thing for fans it's also a big thing for recruits and i got a couple of stats for you eight ball carriers touched the ball ran the ball against byu that's you know guys williams edwards hyde russell gage dj chark etling dylan and jd moore eight guys caught passes against byu so they're spreading the ball out they're getting the ball to a lot of different players in space allow them to make plays guys of course led with 27 carries 122 two touchdowns williams and 92 yards rushing but I thought it was an interesting first test because everybody thought, okay, LSU's going to spread the field. They're going to throw it a little more. And BYU sort of came in and said, you know what? We're playing a six-man front. If you guys want to run the ball game and dominate us that way, go ahead. They sort of challenged Matt Canada. We're going to dare you to throw the ball. I mean, we're going to dare you to run the ball game long. You're not patient enough to run the ball game long. And Matt Canada sat back and said, you know what? I'm going to read this right. And all game long, efficiently, they chipped away 57 carries, 296 on the ground, 5.2 yards per rush. They were simply taking what was given to them, and they dominated the game. That's exactly what I was going to say. A good coordinator takes what was given to them. And Coach O mentioned in, I don't know, somewhere after the game in a press conference or whatnot, that he thinks Matt Canada only used about 10% of what he has in his playbook. 
And you ran a lot of stuff, same motion over and over again. But if that's what works, stick with it. Especially if if you're getting five yards or uh, uh, five yards of carry, you're still spreading it out. You're still using all your weapons. It's not just it's. We say that, and uh, the the naysayers say, "Well, that's exactly what Les Miles did. He stuck with what works." But there's adjustments to be made, and he did a good job adjusting. And like a few more kinks out, which they'll get out of there with Chattanooga this this coming weekend. This is going to be a fun team to watch and a dangerous team to play. I think the biggest thing is um, Canada has the ability in his formations to do something different. You can throw out of a three and four receiver set. You can't throw out of a two tight end with a fullback set like Les Miles was utilizing. So I think they have more versatility, more options, and I'm curious to see more as as we go forward. Now, LSU is going to be playing Chattanooga on Saturday should not be anything more than a tune-up so you know ESPN I see here the list tells you the 99% uh, chance to win the game against Chattanooga where's the one <laughs> they are uh, Chattanooga's 0-1 they lost to Jacksonville State to open their season LSU is a 30 plus point favorite in this game I guess what are some of the things you're looking to see here every game in college football matters you're starting conference next Saturday so the game is important even though the outcome probably isn't in question the defense uh, played a lot of younger guys against BYU. See what if they could continue doing what they just getting reps and getting ready for for the the bigger games. Stay healthy. That's a big thing that happened against BYU. We didn't have any uh, we didn't have any uh, nicks and bruises and whatnot. And looking impressive on offense. I think they're going to do a better job of finishing in the red zone. I think they're going to do a better job of spreading the ball downfield a little bit more. And just keep guys healthy. That That's exactly what I'm looking for out of this game. And I think another thing to build on that, so to speak, I want to see some of the younger guys on offense. I want to see LSU get up big and then give Miles Brennan a drive where he can maybe throw the ball around a little bit. He kind of came in and handed it off a little bit. Let me tell you, a sleeper, man. Everybody talks about Geis and, and Williams, and I like all those guys too. This Edwards High, this true freshman back that they have, that's a damn good football player. He runs hard. I'm, I'm anxious to see him get some carries in that ball game as well. I think it's a chance for fans to see the present, see the future as well. And, man, that LSU defense is some fun. And we're going to give you some news about that in just a minute. But I enjoy so much seeing Dave Aranda sort of has a different style. Um, Alabama's defense, they're big. It's, it's 11 linebackers. LSU's out there, they're smaller, but they're so fast. You can't get on the edges on them. You know, they shoot the gaps really well. They're super aggressive. And I got to tell you, I don't usually like watching defensive football, but LSU attacks the offense to the point where I enjoy watching them play defensively. Look, it's to the point that they're fun on offense and fun on defense. Uh, how did they say Chasson on the air? Chason. Chason. That First off, we got to fix, fix that. that. He's an absolute stud. Uh, he's going to be, he'll be a first round NFL draft pick and I'm going to mention the name because we're going to talk about him in a second because of the color jersey he was wearing. But when they get Chasson and Arden Key back on the field together, when those SEC games come around, that is going to be a tremendous duo. Did you see Coach O's shoes today? I heard it was wingtip. Wingtip purple and gold leather shoes. It, it was pretty it. nice. You think How much of a relief is this for him? Look, he's been at Ole Miss. He was in a situation where, in fact, I'm showing Damian the shoes now. He was in a situation where he was oh. always – picked to be last in the west now man he's driving a maserati he's in a in a situation where he's got a lot of talent he's got a lot of great coaches around him and you could see on saturday boy he was at ease his job is simply to get the guys ready keep them motivated keep them hungry 
he looks like he's having a lot of fun. Listen, if I had two of the best coordinators at the, in your position uh, on my staff, I'd be a little relaxed too. But you have to just showing me those uh, purple and gold wingtip shoes. You've got to <laughs> be on another level to be able to pull that off, man. Uh, no, Coach, I think he, I think he's doing a good job. He's he's recruiting. That's his main thing, and he's letting his other coaches coach. And I, He's gonna make. He's gonna have to make some crucial decisions come down because I'm sure we're gonna get into some close, close games come SEC time, and that that'll prove what he's worth. But right now, let your coaches coach. Let them work out the kinks, and this is gonna be a fun season for LSU football. We're gonna talk about some personnel here in just a minute, but one interesting tidbit is LSU sort of gives the media tour of Tiger Stadium before the home opener, especially when something is different. There's been some renovations. They took out some of the dorm rooms and some different things. They also redid the concession menu. How do you like gumbo nachos that is on the menu out in Tiger Stadium? I don't know about you. That sounds fantastic to me. Listen, you got to stay in touch with our Twitter, which you can follow us on Twitter at O-N-E underscore more round. We post some interesting stuff, and we find (laughs) some interesting stuff. We got a lot of guys on staff that have a lot of free time. I noticed that the last couple of days. But gumbo nachos, that was something that was was, uh, put on our Twitter explain this to me i didn't read it i just kind of had a passing glance do you just dump gumbo or it has to be the ingredients right i think they're dumping the roux the rice the meat and everything that on can't top be good of nacho. i think it's fantastic how could that not be good dude rice and chips <laughs> and <laughs> it has to be it has to be very thick now i saw some boudin also is going to be added to the menu not boudin nachos now no, we're no, talking. not boudin nachos oh, well. but there's gonna be like boudin po'boys and some different things it's interesting though is that I think that part of this whole thing working is embracing what you have. Coach O's a Cajun. He's a lunatic. He's he's loud. He like you know he talks unique. They're changing the menu, adding a bunch of Cajun dishes. That LSU's sort of buying into what they have going on. I think that's pretty cool to see. Listen, if I was if I was head coach for LSU football, that whole concession would be done. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be serving Crown. <laughs> that'd be the only drink you could have: Crown cigars and. Uh, I don't know, man. What would what would what would you add on the menu, Casey? To LSU athlete, what would I add to the menu? They, I got one now. I got one. Oh now. man, um, definitely cracklins. Exactly, homemade yeah. gratons. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. As my man DJ Red says, I love gratons. We sell that at Biddy, and it's usually actually a pretty good seller. <laughs> so now let's talk some personnel. Um, LSU, of course, shut out BYU, dominated them. They didn't get across the fifty-yard line. Now, defensively, they should get better. They're going to get some of the guys back that were suspended. And now, maybe not this week, but in the very near future, it appears they're going to get Arden Key back as well. I'm going to say you know, that he's been wearing a red jersey. I know it's not a red jersey. I think for LSU, it's a purple jersey or whatever it may be. That has finally come off this week. He is now finally practicing with contact. And it feels like, at least Coach O's kind of being mum about this, but it feels like they're setting the stage for him to return in that conference opener next Saturday against Mississippi State. Yeah, Coach O said that he's not cleared to play yet, but he is making progress every day. If he if he really has that nagging type of injury, these are the type of games that you kind of want to sit him out, especially if he's starting to get practice, because you're almost getting you almost you're not getting live reps at practice like against another team, but you're almost getting reps, quality reps, just as in the game because most of the time the team you played against at LSU is just as talented as these couple teams that we just played. And one thing that I noticed about Arden, and I don't know if this is going to affect his ability on the field or not. I'm going to lean to say it won't. But I saw him on the sideline this past weekend. He was a tall, lanky defensive end. 
Now he's a big, strong defensive end. He's noticeably gained a bunch of weight. And let me tell you, if that doesn't affect his speed and his quickness, my goodness, I don't know how you're going to block him. I mean, he was 230, 235. He looks to be about 260, 270 now. And I think that if he returns, knowing this is his junior year, this is a chance for him to make a bunch of money for himself. I think he's in line to have a really, really nice year. Yeah, we saw him in those drills that he released on social media, and he looked like he had put on some weight. And his, listen, when you're that type of stud athlete, you're not going to lose a step putting on that type of weight, and especially probably the way he did it with the training staff they have at LSU. He did it the right way. And again, man, I'm, I say this over and over again, but I have not been this excited about <laughs> LSU football season in a long time. And, if I wasn't bull red fishing last time, I'd have been glued to the television. But sometimes when the duty, bull reds are duty biting, calls, man. man. Yeah, when duty the bull calls. reds are biting. You got to got to give a shout out to our man in our boat with the real American fishing team. That's R E E L American fishing team. Blake Bottle placing, uh, I think he placed eleventh on the Sunday in that redfish rodeo. Not bad. So LSU news other than Arden Key, Darius Geis today deleted all of his social media, which I think is a little bit of an interesting move. Uh, when asked about it, he said, hey, I'm just focusing on football. I don't think there's anything to read there. Um, but I guess it's a little bit of a blow to LSU fans. But Geis was pretty fun on social media. If you remember, he did the Euro step behind the back bowl for a strike over the summer. So, I, you know, he's just kind of trying to prioritize, trying to focus on his efforts this coming year. And he's decided, hey, I'm going to step back off of social media for a while. Yeah, that's not a bad move. I know LeBron did that previously in the playoffs when he got there. And listen, during the workday, social media distracts me sometimes. I get lost in that, and you shouldn't, but you do. Just one less thing to have to deal with, and I'm sure his social media is exploding uh, day after day with, with the performance that he had last season and then the performance that he had this season coming up. Do you think he could get 100 yards in every game this year? Oh, man. There's that one team that doesn't allow rushing yards at all, and you're going to their stadium. We'll talk about them in a minute. I'll say no just because I don't know that he's going to get it against Alabama. Hell, I don't know if he's going to get it Saturday. Just because I don't know if he's going to play long enough. Um, so I'm, I'm going to lean towards bet. no. That's an interesting prop bet. I, th- I think that after getting 29 carries Saturday, they're going to really try to ease him up a little bit this week. Um, so I guess, yeah, that may be an unpopular uh, opinion from LSU faithful standpoint, but I think we're going to see Edwards Hyde and, and Williams quite a bit Saturday. Well, that's good. Get those young guys some reps and get, them, get their uh... – Get their feet wet. Well, I said it right this week. Get your feet. <laughs> Let me give a little stat, Casey. I know we are obviously are uh, recording on Thursday night. Former LSU quarterback and former Zachary High School quarterback, Lindsey Scott, playing again tonight at East Mississippi Community College. We need to update that every week. Being able to head Coach Wood on, let's give him some props there. He is 10 at, the ha- at half. He is 10 for 16, 249 yards. That is unbelievable. I, there's, I mean, I remember watching him in high school and thinking, man, he's a whale of a player. And I remember hearing him speak the day that he committed to LSU. You could tell he's a kid that has come from a good upbringing. He speaks very well. Even when he decided to transfer, released a very nice, classy statement. I'm rooting for him. I hope he lands on his feet. hope he goes to a major program next fall. And it looks like he's doing some really, really good things. Now, week one of college football, LSU looked good. Alabama beats Florida State, and at the end of the game, damn, they cripples their quarterback. So Florida State's probably now out of the running. Um, anything else stood out to you? I mean, I guess we got to talk about Texas A&M blowing that big old lead to UCLA. Kevin Sumlin is damn near sitting in an inferno right now. He's about done, huh? Yeah, that that's that, that can't happen. I know 
UCLA's quarterback, is, you know, he's top in the, in the nation. But once you got a team down like that, you can't give a, a quarterback like that a chance at all. Just some very uh, quick notes. First thing that I wanted to see was Tom Herman and how he did. Well, well. He did terribly. Uh, they had to make a comeback just to make the game even close. Uh, Florida's lack of quarterbacks. That was good to see. That was fun to see. Um, I was watching that with a Florida fan, and he I'm was sure that was fun. As drinking well. heavily while watching that. Um, what else, man? What else? I lost in Vegas on the end of that Florida Michigan game. Melo's gonna probably laugh so loud here that was we were texting while it was happening. That strip score at the end cost me the over under. I would. I've never been more furious. They called it. <laughs> I, and, I, and that was the thing. I told Melo, I said, Florida's going to get the ball back, and they are going to give up a score right here offensively. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. Now, I thought Michigan looked good. Um, here's the thing, man. I was sort of predicting this year that the conference would be down. I don't know that I was right about that. I think the SEC looked pretty damn good. South Carolina upset NC State, so it looks like no one's going to be eating a live animal <laughs> in the air. Um I'm curious to see where it goes from here, but I think the SEC did itself pretty proud. Yeah, that's something that every time I saw an SEC score, I kept thinking, man, Casey's going to have to eat some crow in this <laughs> one. Um, Casey, something interesting, the North Carolina Tar Heels, I know we're Tar Heel fans. Did you notice their who their quarterback was and how long he played? Well, I know who it's not going to be this week. Brandon <laughs> Harris played. Um, who was their opponent? No, they, Cal? Yes. Um, they, they played against Cal. They were heavily favored in the game. Brandon Harris... Looked very Brandon Harris-like in that game. He was inaccurate. He turned over the football. I hate to knock the kid, but that was his M.O. Is he looks good in practice, can't take it to the game. North Carolina loses, but it's a good segue. I have North Carolina as the team most likely to get an upset this Saturday over a top 25 team. I think they're going to beat Louisville. Their backup came in, played pretty well. Louisville looked pretty uh, crabby against Purdue. I think the Tar Heels are going to rebound this week and beat Louisville. Look, before we move on, I just want to list Brandon Harris, the stats. He was 7 for 16 for 60 yards and two interceptions. So his accuracy has improved since his days of LSU, I guess. He uh, has gotten better. All right, so <laughs> say that again. I, I lost track. I think North Carolina is going to beat Louisville. I think that they're going to beat Lamar Jackson. So I wasn't impressed with Louisville at all, the, the little bit that I got a chance to watch them play. But I don't know. Can you come off, can you come off of a, a, a defeat like that to – to beat a, a good team like that? I, I don't know. I, I guess that's that's sort of what's going to have to get decided. Now, before we shift here, I could talk about college football all day long, but Urban Meyer today had some interesting comments. I knew you were going to jump on my boy Urban. When, I knew it. Oh, no, I, I you know, look, I, I make fun of Urban Meyer, but in this instance, I actually agree with what he's saying, is he was saying, you know, look, these coaches come in, and he's he called out Tom Herman by name. Tom Herman said, after Saturday's loss, hey, anybody who thought we could come in and put some pixie dust on this or whatever was mistaken, to which Urban Meyer lashed out and said, hey, you know, this idea of you got to get your own players into here is nonsense. The second you sign your contract, they become your players. I agree with him. You know, I like to make fun of Urban Meyer because of how he left Florida, and I don't like Florida and this, that, and the other. But in this instance, I agree with him. If you're going to sign on that dotted line and you're going to accept a 4 and $5 million salary, you can't make any excuses and say, oh, bro, I didn't recruit you, so it's okay for me to lose. I, I, I support what he said 100%. Yeah, I, listen, there's most things most things that I, Urban Meyer says that I do agree with, and that, this is another one. He, like you said, man, you, you, said, it, you said exactly what I was going to say. You can't come in there and have that big deal and have, the big, have all the hype 
and then come on and, and lose. I'm, I'm going to pick on Tom Herman because that's a lot of the people. That's a lot. That's a coach that a lot of people in Baton Rouge wanted. Can't come in there and lay an egg to a Maryland team. I'm, it is what it is right now, especially if you have the recruiting grounds um, like a like a Texas. You got that big state. Just look at what Will Wade's doing at, at LSU. Right. I mean, it's hard to compare two sports, obviously, but just not giving up, getting those players on the roster, just make getting them eligible and, and doing what you can to salvage that first season if your roster is that bad. So give me a percentage chance. What is the percentage chance that Nichols beats Texas A&M on Saturday? I know they're a big underdog. Texas A&M is steaming mad after how they lost on Saturday. Is there any chance at all? Listen, we're gonna let's go into our pick'em segment right here. Let's do it. Uh, we have not released our one more round pick'em on our website, but that will be done before you hear this. And I'm gonna reveal a selection by Salafush head coach Blake Forsythe. Yeah, picks Nichols in the upset over Texas A&M. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the Chattanooga LSU 99 to one, but it's a 92 to eight type of situation. I just Look, as as many as many leaps and bounds that Nichols taken in the football program, it's just it's not on that level yet. It but would, as you say that, they almost beat Georgia last year. Last year, and I think that's going to be their worst enemy. If that because look, you and I have coached before. It's easy to sleep on a team, but it becomes much more difficult to sleep on a team that almost beat Georgia last year. So I think Sumlin and Chavis and all those guys have been probably pumping that into the the team. But I know this. If anybody's going to be coaching with with you know pressure, that Texas A&M staff had better put on a good showing, or they're not going to be employed on Monday. So you know it'd be an interesting game. I'm curious to see it, but I, I don't know. I, I think the A&M's just got a little too much. I, I think they're on alert. They know that Nichols could play. They know they saw what they did with Georgia, and then they saw what they did last week. I think someone's going to have his team ready. Casey, if you if I seem a little out of it right now, I was just reading. Um, Good friend of, uh, I say a friend of ours. I guess her mom's friend of us. She's friends with us. Uh, Treya Bruce has committed to the University of New Orleans to further her basketball career. Uh, you know, we kind of they shared the news with us. We shared the news with us, and then we shared the news with everybody on our Twitter. And then one of the big newspapers in Terrebonne Parish, 22 minutes later, decides to pick up on that. That's how that works. That's the first time they've covered a South Lafouche athletic event in about six months. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I give them a little credit for that. But um, now I'll shift gears before I get myself <laughs> into too much trouble. Week one of the NFL schedule. The New Orleans Saints, are. we're going to have to wait for them. They're playing Monday um, against the Vikings. The NFL schedule is actually starting right now. Let me check here. Last I checked, New England was losing to Kansas City. I don't know if that score has held. Um, but is there anything in particular? Actually, New England is now leading 24-21 at the end of the third quarter. Is there anything in particular that you're anxious about in the NFL schedule? Because look, here's the thing. I'm a Cowboys fan. There's always a circus going on around the Cowboys, so there's always something that's keeping you know me glued to the TV. Is there anything that, that you're paying attention to this year? Well, obviously the team that we have in New Orleans as the Indy 500 begins behind us. <laughs> uh, just to see them be average again this year and everybody have a heart attack about it. Um, watching... The Rams, Amazon TV series, whatnot, last year, you kind of get a, a little interest in what they're doing. I think they got a bright, new, uh, young head coach that could do some great things offensively. Um, another team that was featured on TV was HBO Hard Knocks, was the Bucks. You kind of you learn the players, more players that you maybe didn't know. I want to see what kind of leader Jameis Winston could turn into, what kind of season he could have. Um, I think uh, Mike Evans 
the must Mike, Mike yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna have a tremendous season as well. And I hate to say it again, I'm actually kind of excited about NFL football, and I I haven't been. Which it seems like when I was really interested in football, I was really terrible at fantasy football. And now that I'm really not interested in NFL football, I do pretty good. Billy Joe in our pick'em game said the Saints are winning the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts about that? Look, I don't think the Saints are going to make the playoffs. Neither me. Do you think they're going to beat the Vikings? I did pick them to beat the Vikings. Um, I think they could possibly start out one and three uh, on the season. The Vikings don't really. What, I mean, they got a lot of young talent on offense. Their defense is pretty stout, but I. Went, the thing about it is we're not going to win on the road. That That's what worries me. Maybe Look, I need to switch that pick. And, and, you know, I know that we like to make jokes about Sam Bradford. Last time Sam Bradford faced the Saints, he crushed him when he was with Philly. So we'll see. But here's what I think Minnesota is going to do. I think that they're going to take Ingram and Peterson out of the game, and they're going to make Drew Brees beat them. What receivers do the Saints have? Snead is in jail or wherever he is, right? NFL jail. Um, you know, Cooks is in New England scoring touchdowns out there. Yeah, they got the you know the the Thomas kid, but if the entire defense is paying attention to him and he's not just another piece, I don't know that he could be as effective. I think New Orleans is going to be better defensively this year. I think they're going to be worse offensively. They played a whole half with the starters in the preseason, didn't get into the end zone once, and I think that's going to be the frustrating thing about being a Saints fan the next three or four years is as that defense comes up, Drew Brees is going to slowly come down as he gets older. And then you're going to be right back where you started, just being average. You got to worry about him losing a step and losing a step behind the offensive line. The offensive line is not the Saints' uh, number one deal right now. Drew Brees gets starts getting hit as he gets a little older. He's going to be in trouble. And then obviously we have nothing behind him, which we saw all preseason. Do you think? What about Adrian Peterson? He is the X factor. Uh, Whenever they originally signed him, I wasn't that excited. I knew he's got some miles on him, but I don't know. That's the one intriguing. That is the most intriguing thing that I think that I think about the Saints. That that's what keeps me kind of glued in. Here's the thing, bro. Okay, I, I've done a little research on this, and anything negative that I say, I just get accused of being, you know, a hater or whatever. Because people know that I'm a Cowboys fan. The last four games of Adrian Peterson's 25, 2015 schedule, he was awful. He really started to show some fatigue and some wear and tear. Then he didn't play last year. He's looked okay in camp. I just don't know that he could do it for the entire season anymore. So maybe they're going to limit his workload enough, try to get him ready for the end of the year, and maybe he could still be effective. I just don't know, man. He's getting up there. Running backs don't usually play well into their 30s. He's 31, 32, whatever he may be. We'll see. If anyone could do it, though I'll say this, it would be him because he is a physical specimen. And the fact that his first game out of Minnesota – is in Minnesota. That's that's big. And on Monday night, that's gonna be that's gonna be tremendous to be able to watch. I think the Saints are. I think Sean Payton's got a a big ego. I think he's gonna feed Peterson because, like you said, man, that receiving core is is very very lacking, especially with uh, the guy having a little bit too much with Snead having a little bit too much fun. <laughs> so I actually got a fantasy football question or two, and we could sort of bounce them off of one another. Um, Joey asks, uh, it's not Joey D, but another Joey asks, he says, hey, I have Odell Beckham. He's scheduled to play Sunday night. If Odell is a no-go, should I sign Brandon Coleman, who is scheduled to play on Monday night? Do you think Brandon Coleman, in the Willie Sneed absence, can maybe step up for that Saints offense? I don't know if his hands are good enough. I, he's had some issues in, in the preseason. So I, 
there's got to be somebody else, right? There's got to be somebody else. I would look. I like Kobe Fleener. I think they're going to start using him a little bit more. I would lean more towards a tight end than a second running back, a second uh, receiver on the Saints. There's got to be somebody else. There's there's uh, an abundance of other teams with other options. Well, look to the same game. I, I would take Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is only owned in 33% of fantasy leagues. And, and look, Tony Romo had Witten. That was sort of his security blanket. Beasley is Dak Prescott's security blanket. I sort of like him a little bit to have a, a nice night against New York. Now, another question I have is, let's see, this is from Jason who asks, give me a fantasy player that no one is owning right now that I should pick up. I guess that's the million-dollar question for everybody in every league. But do you have you know one guy that's kind of going under the radar right now? Uh, he was available in a lot of leagues was Danny Amendola, and I got a feeling that come tomorrow he would not be available in a lot of leagues. He's got over 100 yards passing, 100 yards receiving. Um, oh, man, you put me on the spot here. And in, in our league, we got 14 teams, so pretty much everybody is taking somebody that I'm – Really kind of looking forward to seeing, and I got him actually in a couple of my leagues, is, is somebody your team is going to face is Paul Perkins, running back from the New York Giants. I think he's got a, the potential to have a, a pretty pretty good season coming up. I, and, look, I'm not a big uh, mock draft guy. I just kind of go with the flow of what, of what I have and on my couple of leagues that I play. So I don't know if he, how, how available he is. Is he a, a much sought-after product? Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's available in a lot of leagues. Now, one guy, and again, we sort of are tipping our hand here. Mike Gillisley from New England scored three touchdowns tonight. He would have been available in a lot of leagues. He's not going to be available anymore, obviously. Now, another one that I like, and Co- I, hold on, case before you move ahead. on, the Patriots are terrible fantasy football. Oh, yeah, players. they're the worst. Because the worst. I think Belichick does that on purpose. If I somebody be surprised. goes, yeah, the one quality guy he has that he can't take out is Tom Brady. I have him in two of my leagues, and I hope he does tremendous. I've noticed he has zero touchdown passes tonight, so that's killing me. But, like, okay, so uh, what is it, Gillis? Gillisley? Gillisley, yeah. Whatever. Uh, next weekend, it'll be, it'll be White. Yeah. And then it'll be Burkhead. And it's always something It's always something different. It, yeah, I mean, you just got to if, – if you're in a spot where you play him, you just got to hope that it's going to be that guy's week. And uh, I don't know really where it would go from there. Not New Orleans – I got a lot of people asking me if they should draft Alvin Kamara. I have him in our in our flea flicker league because it was a late round pick, and that's a keeper league. So I was more willing to to take a stab at him there because you could keep him if he pans out. But I don't know. I just don't think he's going to play very much. He's behind Ingram. He's behind Peterson, and it's the Saints' offense that doesn't run the ball much anyway. I don't know that he's going to get more than a couple of touches a game. Yeah, they're going to have to find a way to get him on some special teams. I know we talked about him returning some punts and whatnot, but. There's very limited carries on the Saints' backfield period with the running backs that they have, much less two quality running backs in Ingram and uh, and Peterson. I know Kamara was drafted in our 14-team league, but he was drafted late with, by a guy that had a few adult beverages and <laughs> by a guy that wasn't there at the draft, so somebody was drafting for him. So that may have been a big troll move. <laughs> Those are always the best picks. Now – we're going to talk some high school now. We, we spent some time in the pros. We spent a bunch of time in college, and it's crazy, man. We're already 31 minutes in. It feels like we just got started. Let's keep rolling. Um, tomorrow, we've got a big game. I'll be calling it on, on ESPN New Orleans. It's going to be Thibodeau traveling up the Baya to down the Baya to take on South Lafouche. It's two teams that are 0-1. It's a situation where it's not often in the history of this rivalry. Both teams are below 500 when they're facing one another. 
someone's got to get the win. Someone's got to get to one and one. What are some of the key things that you're looking for in this matchup? We saw South Lafouche last Friday. Um, I've had a chance to watch Thibodeau a little bit on film. They look pretty impressive. They lost to Vanderbilt, who I think is the best team in the area. What are some of the things that you're looking for in that matchup? Well, South Lafouche has to get Corbin Allen going. That's the main thing. He had trouble uh, getting on the outside against De La Salle, which I think a lot of teams are going to have trouble getting on the outside. De La Salle University. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good football team. And I thought Salafouche handled their, their own, especially in the first half. I thought uh, they did a good job of controlling the pace on offense and getting some stops on defense. But they turned the ball over, and then one thing led to another, and it would end up being 22 nothing really quick. But anyway, to get back to Thibodeau, I think that's a team that we can compete with. On uh, the defensive side of the ball, we have to make um, – what's the first? Mitchell. What's the Marcus Mitchell. Marcus Mitchell. He's a big-time athlete. We've got to get in his feet and get him down early and often. And we cannot let him get in a rhythm. Uh, Thibodeau has a under-the-radar receiver uh, average that pretty much catches everything that comes near him. we got to make sure that we've got our eyes on him at all times. And Look, you get Allen going, you get a couple stops, it could be a good night for the Tarps. Tarpons need to make some big plays offensively because in the Jamboree they made a bunch of them. They don't have a good enough kicking game to where they can make a 40-yard field goal when they get across the 50. You know, like they got to get chunks of yards, get down there, finish drives. Bayou, I think, completed six or seven passes last week, but only had like 20 or 30 yards passing. They weren't stretching the field. They didn't have any long runs, any long passes. And that just puts a lot of pressure because anything that goes wrong, any holding, any false start, if you're not getting 15 and 20 yards in a play, it sort of throws off your rhythm. And I think that they're going to be more able to do that against Thibodeau than they were against De La Salle because De La Salle was 11 guys who were probably all being recruited. They were incredibly well coached. They were never out of position. And not to say that Thibodeau's not going to have some good players as well, but it's going to be a different animal, so to speak. And I think that that's going to be the big thing is can the Tarpons, A, get some big plays, and B, can they limit Thibodeau's big plays? Because, look, Thibodeau was down 31-14 last week against Vanderbilt. I was on the track after the game saying, oh, man, Vanderbilt's blowing them out. And then you were telling me, no, they're coming back. And that's because of their big playability. The quarterback could run and get a bunch of yards at a time. And then what happens when you come up and try to cheat off, play that run, he chucks it down the field to the young man you were talking about and also Saharold Holmes. They got some big play guys, some home run hitters. And if you could limit them to just two or three of those instead of four or five of those, you got a much better chance to win. I think Salafu's their their offense is uh, is very – I don't want to say trickery, but there, there's a lot. Coach Forsythe, got a, he's got a lot in. He's got a lot of different formations that he uses. I just don't think it's the type of offense, obviously, that's going to succeed when being down. Yeah. They, they have to be able to mix it up and have to keep the game close to keep Thibodeau guessing. And I think that he's got a good game plan. And, look, talk just a little bit about last week again. We was on the field before the, the, before the game started, and there was a couple of Nichols recruiters that came and talked with Coach Kyle, who I was sitting next to, and, it's like, uh, yeah, we got uh, three kids committed from here. And I was like, well, <laughs> I knew he wasn't talking about anybody from, from our team. So it had to be from De La Salle. And they were good, man. They were really good. But I look for I, – I can see the Tarpons bouncing back, especially if they could take care of that, if they could win the battle up front. I think that you're right. De La Salle is worth the hype. Now, looking around the area, Ellender got on the, off the schneid. They beat Grace King today. Now, another big matchup is uh, tomorrow, Terrebonne is going to be playing South Terrebonne. South Terrebonne beat HL Bourgeois. A lot of people said that was sort of an upset. How about this Terrebonne team, man? Look, they they win the Jamboree. They win the scrimmage against E.D. White. 
They go in week one. They not just beat Ellender, they crush Ellender, 40-something, 12, whatever it may be. He's in our one-more-round top players. He's listed number four right now. Keyshawn James could go, man. Look, they they line him up all over. Sometimes he's at receiver. Most of the time he's at quarterback. Every once in a while they, they hand it to him as a tailback. He plays all over the field. But once he has the ball in his hands, he can't tackle him. He had more than 200 yards rushing, five touchdowns, four rushing, one passing last week. He's only a junior. Tim Rebo, get ready because that's going to be one you're going to be recruiting. Yeah, last season we had talked to Coach Hill, and he was kind of pressed to put Keyshawn in there. And he's got – he kind of – he got his feet wet as, uh, as an underclassman, and now it's his athleticism is showing through. Uh, that kid's a stud. Every sport he wants to play, he's 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 is, is really. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Where the hell did that come from? Uh, he's got his stuff together. And he's going to be dangerous. Now South Terrebonne is on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're in that Terrebonne is going to get big chunks. South Terrebonne is going to run that wing tee. They want four and five yards. They want eight-minute drives. They want to sort of make it into a boring game, which they succeeded last week against HL Bourgeois. And look, quite frankly, they've won two in a row. They ended last year beating South Lafouche, so they're getting a little momentum as well. Yeah, that's a last year they were a really young team. This year they're starting to come back. Anytime you get into that offense, you get that offense rolling, look, anything can happen when you play South Terrebonne. You know what you got, but at the same time, you know what's in front of you, and you still can't stop it. Two big matchups tomorrow. These are the matchups that everybody's talking about. Is you got Destrehan playing St. Charles Catholic. That's blue blood versus blue blood there. Those are two of the better teams in Louisiana, two of the better programs in Louisiana. We've got a couple of Destrehan kids on our watch list, not quite ranked yet in our in our top player list. St. Charles, I haven't really looked at their roster much. I didn't kind of consider them part of our coverage area. But, man, that's going to be a fun one. I'm curious to see. St. Charles runs more of that veer, slow down set. I wonder if they could handle Destrehan's speed. I think that that's going to be a fun game to keep an eye on tomorrow. Listen, Destrehan is always loaded in that that river region. So I'm sure uh, you know offhand who we have listed in our our top players from Destrehan. Uh, is the quarterback and the tailback. I'll get the names for you here in just a second. As, as I mean, they're they're both being recruited by just about everybody right now. Let, let's see. Let's pull it up here. It's crazy the amount of talent they have in that, that river area, man. And it, the skill guys, man. They have guys for days and days that can handle the football. As the list is loading up here, we have... I put you on the spot. Now you know how I have Halfback John Emery and halfback Quentin Tabor. And I think Emery actually plays some quarterback as well for those guys. Those are One's a senior, one's an underclassman. They both could really, really make things happen. And I think that St. Charles Catholic is going to be wanting to keep them out of open space. Yeah, like I said, Destrehan loaded everywhere. They always got big-time linemen. I'm sure they got a couple guys being recruited. Uh, they're they're always tough and always making a run towards the dome. Now, I get a lot of flack, man, because I, I make the, these lists here, and everybody's giving me hell because I got Puka Williams listed as number one. I've had him listed number one from the beginning. In week one against West Jeff, he carried 16 times, 162 yards, two touchdowns against West Jeff. They're taking on John Errett on Friday. That's going to be a much more stiff test. John Errett played West Monroe last Friday, got beat pretty bad. But I mean, who doesn't get beat bad at West Monroe? I'm curious to see what Puka could do. Look, I, I've seen this guy play since he's a 10th grader. I think that he's an unbelievable talent. And I think that may be the game of the night tomorrow is Anvil against John Errett. Who could give you trash about that? The 
kid backed up the ranking with the stats. Well, a lot of LSU folks are giving me hell because the the Berwick receiver Jones isn't number one. They're saying, oh, you know, it's a Kansas commitment versus an LSU commitment. But that, I'm just looking at stats, man. Puka it. gets gets 200 yards and a couple scores every time he steps on the field. That's it. The, the proof is in the pudding right there. So I, you know, I guess uh, we can, let's see. Let's let's do this. Let's go over some of the games that we're picking here before we sign off, and let's give some final weekend thoughts. Here. Oh, we're signing off already. Man, yeah, we're 40 minutes in without a commercial, man. Really? Okay. Making Melo's job easy today. <laughs> the big matchup tomorrow in college football. We didn't really talk much about this game. Auburn is taking on Clemson tomorrow, the defending national champions against the team that everyone is saying is the big challenge to Alabama and the SEC West. Who's going to win that one? Oh, hold on, Casey. You're killing me right here. I, I, I had three jokes lined up, and you asked me a serious question. Okay, go ahead. What, what you what we got? First off, I was gonna say forty minutes, and this is the first smoke break that Melo has. As Melo gingerly <laughs> walks out of the studio, I'm not gonna lie. We did have some complaints last week. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a listener say, "Man, somebody opened the door while y'all recording." I'm like, uh, "Probably every fifteen minutes." Welcome to our world. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. Hey, there's another thing. While, while I guess we get the game situated. Man, how about this weather, huh? Like, we have done 40 minutes straight without the air condition on. No one is on an IV. No one has needed dialysis. It's a wonderful thing. Keep these cool fronts coming, man. I tell you what, I walked out my door this morning or this mid-morning, and the breeze hit me in the face, and I was very, very pleased. All right, what game? I, I got my stuff Auburn and Clemson tomorrow, the SEC West power against the defending national champions. Is that going to be – Auburn is really a power – right now uh well they're got, picked to finish second above lsu so okay. i'm a little butthurt about that yeah well you can't always believe the preseason rankings i have clemson taking that one i'm actually gonna pick auburn in that game i saw clemson uh last week was not overly impressed and i said you know what i'm not gonna hate on the sec anymore i, I picked auburn but i'm not very confident in that pick notre dame is hosting georgia who beat appalachian state notre dame actually looked good as well in the opener they beat um temple in the first game of the season who you got now I got Notre Dame. I was not impressed with uh, the way Georgia took care of uh, Appalachian State. I think that could have been a little bit better. We agree. I picked Notre Dame to win that game. I think it would be a a big statement game for Brian Kelly, who needs a statement game desperately. Um, Let's see. USC taking on Stanford. I was on air last week saying I thought Stanford was the best team in the country. USC barely beat Western Michigan. Who you got in that game? I am going to believe the Casey Gisclair hype, and I'm going to go with Stanford. I was, again, not impressed with a team, uh, supposedly superior team taking care of a minor team. I'm not going to change my pick here. I picked USC. Uh-oh. I absolutely did pick USC. I don't know why, though, because I definitely think Stanford's going to win the game. But for the sake of this, I'm going to stick with it. I say USC. Arkansas is actually um, even money to uh, handle TCU, even though TCU is in the top 25, they're ranked 23rd, is Arkansas going to win that game? I selected TCU. Again, I must have read the same thing you did. When you send me these picks, for look, all these picks that we make are on the uh, the Times newspaper as well. Win 50 as, bucks. Yeah. I can't, but Maybe, yeah. you guys can. Uh, also, it's going to be on our onemorerounddstudios.com. All our picks will be there. We got a couple guest pickers, which we'll Can talk win about. Win a t-shirt. In a yep. Um, I lost my train. Yeah. Anyway, so I think we had a disadvantage on that. We do our picks for the newspaper, so we got to do them by Monday at noon. And everyone all, else, all these gets. jokers gets all week to figure out what they want to do. But um, no, even money. I went with TCU. 
I'm by, I don't know why I'm believing the just clear hype of the SEC being down, even though it's been proven I'm, that it is. I'm going with TCU. I went Arkansas, man. Don't don't believe my voodoo. <laughs> Richie Mott's South Carolina Gamecocks shocked the world, beat NC State in a game that I actually watched from start to finish strictly because it was Richie Mott's South Carolina Gamecocks. They're playing Missouri, who beat, uh, I mean, they beat a FCS team. They scored a million points while doing it, but they also gave up a million points. Is South Carolina going to beat Missouri and win a conference game? I got the fighting Richie Motts, even though somehow uh, on Monday the Vegas line had Missouri as a favorite. I don't understand that. Missouri was favorite. I don't get it. I picked South Carolina as well. I'm actually pretty confident about it. Me too. You, Missouri led up 75 points. I don't know if it was really that much, but that's what it seemed like. It seemed with 11 minutes left, I think both teams were yeah. in the upper 50. Mississippi State's got a tough game. They're tra- uh, traveling to Louisiana. They're going to be taking on Louisiana Tech. I know, you know, to the average person, ah, Louisiana Tech would be an easy game. It's a good Louisiana Tech team for, you know, just for, I guess, uh, the person that's trying to get perspective here. Mississippi State's only favored by five and a half points in this game. Do you think they're going to hold on and beat the Bulldogs? Yeah, I got Mississippi State going over Louisiana Tech, and I tried not to pick with my heart right there. Yeah, I I think Mississippi State's going to win as well, but I do think it's going to be closer than a lot of people are going to expect. um Robinson, Amik Robinson from Thibodeau is he starting? Is starting? Starting cornerback, which is great to see. Uh, I guess we could go. Speaking of local guys, we go to another one. Washington State Devontavian Martin's squad is going to be taking on Boise this weekend. Are the Cougars going to improve to two and zero against Boise? I kind of figured that was why that that game was the reason for it being on our pick'em sheet. So I got uh, Washington State beating Boise State. Wazoo, man, I watched them. They were they were a late-night Saturday game. The LSU game kind of gotten a little lopsided, and I, I was flipping around. Mike Leach has a situation where they're always going to be able to score. They recorded a shutout on Saturday. They've never been good on defense at any level that he's been a head coach. So that was good to see. I do think they're going to beat Boise, who's a little down. Let me tell you something about Mike Leach. I, had, I read his book. That guy is something else. He's on, he's on a whole new... He's on a whole nother level. That dude's like into pirate ships and, and whatnot. Lunatic. Just throw the ball, man. Just throw it and hope hopefully you can stop somebody. The Ohio State. There will be no excuses made regardless of how this game goes occurring to Urban Meyer. They're taking on Oklahoma, man. That's going to be a tough one. Do you think that the Buckeyes are going to beat Baker Mayfield and company? I know Ohio State had a little trouble with Indiana in the first half, but they've got their stuff together. I don't have I don't see them having any trouble with Oklahoma, and I'm glad Melo's outside right now. Oh, he's right behind you, bro. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ohio State, Ohio State uh, beat him over there last year in Norman. I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna have any hiccups. I think that they're gonna get the win. Now, I think we sort of agree here. LSU's gonna win. Texas A&M's gonna win. We made those picks earlier. Now let's go NFL. My Dallas Cowboys against Billy Joe's New York Giants. I got the whole text message spiel about how the Cowboys had no chance to win that game because Elliott's not playing. He is. And because Odell Beckham can't be stopped, he's not playing. So Odell, Billy Joe's 0 for 2. Are the Cowboys going to beat the Giants? I do have the Cowboys beating the Giants. I think the Cowboys are going to have another good, pretty good year. Um, let me, let me, let's explain the whole Billy Joe situation. <laughs> uh, Billy Joe has been a very loyal member of the Salafouche football chain gang. And he's very vocal about a yeah. lot of things. Oh, yeah. A lot of things. And somehow he got both Casey and I's phone numbers and started a group text message. Oh, and yeah. it is constant. There, I'll, I'll go weeks without answering because it's just constant babble. But we did bet on the Mayweather-McGregor fight. And I was, he lives actually 
uh, down the street of where my office building is. Yeah. He came find me in the middle of the day, didn't say a word, put $20 on my desk, and walked out. A man picked McGregor, which I think is strike one against him. Um, he said the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, which I think is strike two against him. He picked against my Cowboys. That's strike three. The Cowboys are going to win. The, the Giants beat Prescott twice last year. That is the only team that really had a lot of success shutting him down. Uh, and actually, that is the only two meaningful games that the Cowboys lost last year in the regular season. They lost week 17 when they were kind of tanking because they had to buy. Um, I think that Prescott's the kind of guy that takes that kind of stuff to heart. And I think that he's going to have watched a lot of film. He's going to be very prepared. And I think he's going to have a big game. And I do think that Dallas is going to win. I think that the Cowboys as a whole are going to take a little bit of a step back this year. They're not going to go 13-3 and again. Maybe 10-6 and kind of thing. But I do think they're going to start the season with a win over the Giants. Do you think there's any chance of a sophomore slump for Prescott? I didn't see it in preseason for sure. I mean, he looked phenomenal in the little bit of action that he got. They tell me Des Bryant's healthy. Obviously, it could hurt if Ezekiel Elliott does have to miss six games. But when you got that offensive line, you, me, Mello on crutches, you know, Nick, Kamat, whoever, we could get a couple of yards and a touchdown running through those holes. So I do think they'll be able to run the football. Their defense kind of worries me a little bit, man. They're young. They're, they're kind of beat up. and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not as high on them as I was who, in the middle of the year last who year. Who is their uh, reserve running back? McFadden, the guy who gave me so much <laughs> grief about. I set you up McFadden. about <laughs> I actually drafted McFadden. Uh, you know, this this show you. I drafted McFadden in the late rounds of my fantasy league, thinking, you know, hey, he's going to have at least six games where he's going to start. And then now it looks like Elliott may not be suspended at all. So, well, I mean, he's going to be suspended, but it looks like he's going to still play through it while while going through the courts. If you in the Cowboys' backfield for more than five games, you get arrested for something. So I'm sure McFadden will have some issues coming up. Easy, man. Easy. This is a good stopping point here. Is I want to thank everybody for listening. Look, man, I don't know what time this is going to get uploaded. Sometime Friday afternoon, whatever. If you're listening to this and you've got an opportunity Go to a Friday night football game. Man, the weather is going to be beautiful. We've got a lot of talented teams in the area. Uh, off the top of my head, some of the games tomorrow. we got Terrebonne, South Terrebonne, South Lafouche and Thibodeau. Vanderbilt's playing at Terrebonne High School against HL Bourgeois. Um, E.D. White's taking on Erath at home. Central Lafouche is hosting Carver, which is a very good Carver team. They beat Bastrop last week. That'll be a good game. Man. Look, we could open the door to the studio right now. We could open the windows. You could wear long sleeves, short sleeves, be comfortable no matter what. It's going to be a beautiful night. Go support those young student athletes, man. Yeah, any Friday night lights, they don't call that for they don't call it Friday night lights for for nothing, man. It it's a good experience. Most of the time, you got a very good crowd on both sides of the field and it's something special. I, if you on my Instagram, you could see every game I'm at on Friday cuz I I take a picture from wherever I'm at and it's always one of those really cool, no filters needed type of things. I, I got to say something. Melo would probably agree with me right here. Casey's rattling off all these stats. This dude has nothing in front of him but a notebook that he <laughs> that has the same thing written on him from three weeks ago. Casey, that is, I'm impressed. And Yeah, you know, I, I, I got three notes jotted down here. I got Louisville to beat North Carolina. Or North Carolina to beat Louisville. Arkansas to beat TCU. And then I got Etling 14 of 17 for 171. That's, that's about it. The rest is some old stuff. Let's see. I got Danny Etling named the starter. Uh, he looked okay in camp. I got Terrence Crawford written down on this paper for some reason. I got 10 days left until LSU football starts. I'm not a big note guy. I kind of like to just sort of use my phone, rattle it off. Uh, whatever works, man. It's impressive. So 
we're gonna we're gonna sign off right here, man. Um, before we do, give me a score tomorrow. What what LSU is gonna beat Chattanooga by for Saturday? Oh, I really wish I had the Vegas odds to give me some cheating codes. But Thirty-eight and a half. It's another thing. No notes needed. That, that's just being a gambling addict there, though. Let's see. We talked about you said there was no odds. You went find them. Thirty-eight and a half. Yeah. Um, I think that they're gonna get in the forties. I think I'm gonna take the over in that. I'll, I'll go. Let's say forty-two. 13, 42, 10, some, something in that area. Will we see Miles Brennan's first career touchdown pass? I think so. I think they get Edling in, get him uh, some good live reps, and then I think they're going to let Miles Brennan have a at least a quarter of quality playing time. See, I'm not giving Chattanooga anything. If BYU couldn't score, Chattanooga ain't scoring. 45, I, nothing, Tiger. Melo, you took that score. I, I promise you, this is a little, a little drama here What's going on. I, as I was saying 45 nothing, Mello was showing me a piece of paper that said 45 nothing. So I guess he and I are on the same uh, wavelength there. I think the Tigers are going to keep the shutout train rolling. And the only reason I said 10, 13 points is because I think the game is going to be out of hand early. Yeah. I think a lot of the subs are going to be in late. We'll see. We, we all agree LSU is going to get the win, which is the most important thing. Now, we want to thank everybody for listening. You guys have a good night. We'll be back hopefully a little earlier next week so we can recap some of this and then maybe even have a second show where we could preview the following week. You guys take care. Follow us. Social media everywhere, man. Twitter at O-N-E underscore more round. Facebook one more round studios. Podbean one more round dot podbean dot com. Look, we're, we're not just producing these podcasts. We're writing some pretty good content. If you want to see our top teams, players of the week and everything like that in high school, getting some good feedback from some of our volleyball and middle school reporting. We're trying to stay as active as possible. We're all busy, but we're trying to do the best that we can to keep everybody informed. So we're going to sign off here. Good night, everybody, and enjoy the weekend. Hey, Mod, if I wanted some more One More Round studio coverage, what would I go on the World Wide Web? You can check us out online at www.onemoreroundstudios.com. Hey, Casey, I got a little blurb on my little internet. It says that we may or may not be on iTunes. Yeah, that's, that's right. We are on iTunes now. That's great. If you want to check out more One More Round Studio cover, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at one underscore more round or Facebook at facebook.com slash one more round studios with an S. I'm not sure why Mott added the S, but it is there. Also, Podbean, if you can't get on iTunes, find us at one more round dot podbean.com. One more round, round. Your production.